What's up, Whisper Nation? It's April 14th, and we're talking 2021 sleepers. You're not going to want to miss the show. I'm telling you, there's a lot of information we're going to go over right here on the Fantasy Whispers. Right here. That's right, Johnny. Early off-season sleepers. Whisper Nation, we are here. If you're hearing my voice or seeing my beautiful face, Johnny's beautiful face, do us a huge favor and hit that like button and share this on whatever platform you are on. It really helps us with the algorithms, helps us grow our channel. If you know anything about algorithms, they are the lifeblood of social media, and we are the blood-sucking vampires that need your help to follow this dream. So please share this video. If you're new to TFW, to the Fantasy Whispers, to Whisper Nation, welcome. Please consider hitting us up with a follow or, or a subscribe. We release fantasy football content daily. You can find us or our past shows on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and Spotify. Just search the Fantasy Whispers or go to thefantasywhispers.com where we have links to everything there. And this is also happening, Johnny, at the end of this month, April 29th, 8 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. or I'm sorry, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Wait, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern time. I'm getting we're in the Vindaloo. I don't know what's going on, yeah. but the NFL draft is happening April 29th, Thursday, April 29th. And your boys, Johnny Game Time Hicks, Big Travi, the Fantasy Whispers, we're going live for that first round for some reaction. So if you want to join us for that, hop on and uh, check us out for that. Johnny should be a good time. Yeah, it's uh, we'll talk about instantaneous moves like there should be a lot of nice offensive weapons that go in this first round. So we'll be, you know, telling you guys instantly what we think about the moves, what you can expect. Uh, we'll be having conversations. Dude, we'll be having food. It'll be. Oh, I can't wait, dude. Can't wait. Yeah, Jenny, Johnny's going to be out here for the draft with me, hopefully. And we'll Jenny? be uh, Jenny, oh, Jenny boy. Uh, we'll be out here checking out the draft with me. I'm excited for that. We're going to be in the man cave doing it up, have a couple beers, have some food, do it right, watch some football or at least uh, some, you know, it's not fake football. It's not real football. It's like the in-between. Travis, speaking, I just I know we got a show to get to and we get jam packed. I'm excited for that. But I got to tell you, dude, I'm in just a glorious mood today. Glorious mood because I uh, went to Paradise Bakery last night for dinner uh, with uh, for the wife. You know, how to she wanted to get some stuff there, like one of the salad, whatever. And they had my all time favorite thing in life. And that is a cranberry orange muffin. And it's limited season. Um, this isn't a sponsorship or anything. I'm just telling you how much I love them. And Not yet. Yeah. So they they had it. And guess what I had this morning, Travis? I had the cranberry orange muffin for breakfast, and it was delightful. If you've never tried one, the sweetness of the, the orange with the tartness of the cranberry, that combination, dynamite explosion in the mouth of combination of flavors, dude. It just is flavor town. Well, from the mouth explosion that Johnny experienced this morning, we're going to move on to uh, this episode. We are talking those sleepers. We didn't want to go too in-depth because obviously some ADP is going to change, but we each wanted to give you three guys we could talk about as sleepers based on their ADP right now. And, Johnny, I'm excited about this show. But first, I wanted to hit you with a little bit of a question of the day. You know, Johnny gave me the controls of this show, and now he's got to deal with the fact that I'm coming up with some questions for him and two moves that may have irked Johnny a little bit. He's going to have to talk about a little bit today on the show. If you've seen our social media, you know we've been talking a little bit about James Conner and this move to the Cardinals. Uh, we've talked a little bit, not as much, about Gio 
Bernard to the Bucks. We talked a little bit on our mock draft Monday. Johnny, I'm going to ask you straight up, which late free agency move, because this happened after the free agent frenzy that we talked about, mm-hmm. has more will have more of a fancy impact in 2021. Will it be Giovanni Bernard to the Bucks or James Conner to the Cardinals? I'll let you take the floor here. All right. I the clear answer here is definitely James Conner to the Cardinals uh, over Geo to the Bucks. Geo to the Bucks could be a lot like I expect to be a lot like the LaShawn McCoy move uh, where they would get him some passing work or whatever, because he's kind of a specialist in that. Now, as far as James Conner to the Cardinals. Yes, this is going to impact him more significantly. Why does this impact him more significantly it, it's not anything to do with chase Edmonds. people this this is driving me nuts i've been seeing it all over social media and people have the wrong perspective on this entirely and i'm going to tell you why you still need to be a believer in chase Edmonds. all right we know that chase Edmonds two games as a starter he was the rb1 and that was a couple of years ago in the Giants. Uh, and then he was an RB21 overall last year against Miami when he played. He finished as the RB31 in standard last year and the RB25 in PPR last year. Okay. That a total, he, he had accounted for 850 yards from scrimmage uh, and five total touchdowns. He is entering his final season of his rookie contract year. All right. I want to bring up and highlight those games uh, that in. So I, I told you about the games in which he was a complete starter. He was at least an RB2. In one case, he was an RB1. All right. I want to bring down because down the stretch, Travis, of last year, Chase Edmonds was actually getting over 50% of snaps or more. Okay. And during that time, I want to bring this up because it's very important. And everyone and their mother is, is on there saying, oh, I'm off this ends because James Conner is now in Arizona. This ends the whole entire thing. Edmonds. I'm going to tell you, buy the dip, people. Buy the dip. Because look at this. In the stretch, Chase Edmonds from weeks 10 or from weeks nine, essentially, all the way down to week 15, minus the New England game, he had 50% or more snap share. Travis, during that time, he was RB21, RB24, RB14, RB39, which was against the LA Rams. Difficult defense, you can understand that one. Then he was RB29 against the New York Giants, another difficult defense against the run. And then he was RB19 against Philadelphia. He's an RB2 down the stretch when he was getting time, the, the we thought, the less significant time than Kenny Drake. I don't understand why a, a signing of a, a guy and James Conner, yes, it's a depth piece. We knew that they were going to add the running back. It's it's fine. But J, uh, Chase Edmonds is coming off the board, even before we knew that James, James Conner had signed there, Travis, the, in the eighth and ninth round as the RB36 and RB37. That's, again, I just told you in the beginning of this rant that he was the RB, he finished last year as the RB31 and RB25. Now, with all that said, he was the secondary running back. Now, I'm going to give you a little bit of insight, okay? Because a lot of people don't tend to have this in our – and I mean, some people have industry hookups and stuff like that, and it's certain ones. People don't necessarily have the insights that I might have. I've built uh, – I've been lucky because of the platform that I've, I've built a relationship with someone that is close to the Cardinal situation. And I asked him what he thought – and his response was, this looks to be like 
what Kingsbury always does, and it's going to be people think it's going to be like a 50 50 or James Conner's going to come in and take the boatload. It's not how it's going to work. It, he said more of like a 65 35 or 70 30 split in Chase Edmonds' favor. So I'm going to take what he said because he's been uh, pretty accurate with everything he's been telling me uh, or everything he's been saying through these past few years. So I'm going to keep believing it. And, and final thing I'll, I'll pass to you, Travis. All right. The famous saying is that uh, history does not repeat itself, but it certainly rhymes. Okay. And we know that Cliff Kingsbury has been the coach for uh, two years now. And over those two years, he has gone with a primary running back and a secondary running back. And if you're telling me during those two years, they were 10th in rushing yards, 7th in rushing touchdowns in 2019, and then uh, 7th in rushing yards last year and 4th uh, in rushing touchdowns, why wouldn't you want that guy? Why wouldn't you want an 8th and ninth round for the James Conner news? I'm sorry. I'm going to let you speak. I know that was like a 10-hour rant, but this is just – I just don't understand where all the – people just panic too easily. Buy the dip. Buy the dip. Yeah, I think there's two points you uh, have made on social media. You didn't exactly make make it today. And one is the um, the contract. The contract is minimal money, Johnny. It's not money that's going to be something that is going to scare you off. It's not like Melvin Gordon coming to town, getting the ninth highest contract out of running backs uh, per day. To, you know, I think it's somewhere upwards of one point five million. It's nothing really to shake uh, shake your yeah. finger at. So. For me, minimum, 1.75 yeah, million. It, for me, I think we've heard and seen based on actions out of the Cardinals that Chase is going to get every opportunity to get a crack at being the guy here. Now, should he falter, maybe James Conner has an opportunity to surge and, and reinvent himself and, and have a great year. But I think Chase is going to be the guy. He's going to have the nice ADP because people are going to be scared off because of James Conner, who has not stayed healthy the last few years um, and has not produced anywhere near the year that he you know had when, when Le'Veon Bell held out. So for me, it's all about uh, the talent, the money, and the situation, and we've just got to hope that Chase Edmonds can do what he's done before. And as Johnny laid out with the with the stats, is is produced. So I, I, he could have easily been one of our early offseason sleepers this on this show, Johnny. But we were stuck with six, three each. And so, Johnny, I will give you back the mic to talk about your first sleeper here for the early goings here in the twenty twenty one offseason. Yeah, my first sleeper, uh, you just kind of uh, hinted at it a little bit uh, a few sentences ago, right? And that is Melvin Gordon. Uh, I think it also when you when you say sleeper, you want to also indicate like these are values once again. So like these are places where sure people are just sleeping on them. Um, they are value in the draft, uh, whether that's because of uh, where they're going as far as the cluster of running backs or that they can improve uh, where they are being drafted at. And when you look at Melvin Gordon, his ADP is in the sixth round. He's the RB 27 off the board. Originally, we thought, hey, maybe this is because Melvin Gordon was dealing with or there was the thoughts of the, the DUI suspension. But we saw a few weeks ago, about a month ago now, uh, that the suspension or that there won't be a suspension because the DUI got dropped. So you look at what Melvin Gordon did last year. Let's remember he finished as the RB14 in standard and PPR. But now he's currently coming off, like we said, the board as around the RB27. The Melvin Gordon last year 
splitting time with Philip Lindsay had averaged 13 point fantasy points per game, 62.9% opportunity share. And he had just under a thousand rushing yards on 225 attempts. He was still averaging a healthy 4.6 yard carry. He has not scored in the last five years, less than eight touchdowns. And so I'm looking at this and I'm saying all of these things are pointing to Melvin Gordon still has it, yet the fantasy community has decided that he no longer has it. And the thing that also backs it up a little bit more uh, that I, I think that Melvin Gordon, we can have a lot of confidence in what they're going to do in and in, for the Broncos, that they're going to lean on Melvin Gordon a little bit more. You touched on the, the contract, Travis. I love that point. I didn't even have that in my notes, but it's a great one that they're paying him a lot of money. Money. But look at it. What they did. We thought that that Roy, uh, that Philip Lindsay was going to come back, but they ended up uh, rescinding that contract. And so now he only has to compete with Royce Freeman, Mike Boone, and and Big Travi can tell you. Like I'm a bigger fan than most of Mike Boone, but I'm telling you, yes, no, nothing on Melvin Gordon. So I'm thinking about the the days. Is he going to play 16 games? Probably not, because Melvin Gordon averages about 12 games a year. But where you're getting him, and for what he can return, he can return a top 10 running back if he's giving the the bulk load you know think about what he was doing for the la chargers like he was being and at that time uh he was the uh head running back there it wasn't so much eckler right and so i think melvin gordon is a tremendous value i don't think his uh draft stock is going to go significantly up because if you're looking around the cluster of the guys that he's going with you he's not a sexy pick right he's not the guy that's going to be super super flashy he's just going to Get the job done. And guess what? Getting the job done is what you need to do partially in fantasy football. So, you know, if you're looking to trade down the line, Melvin Gordon might not be that guy because he might not carry as much weight to his name anymore. But I'm telling you, if like he's going to be a value, especially if you go like upside down, Travis, or like, you know, anchor the anchor strategy that we talk about, you know, where you grab a, a running back in the first round and then you hit all these other skill positions down the middle of that draft. And in the fifth and sixth round, grabbing and scooping up a Melvin Gordon as your RB2, sign me up because the ceiling is top 12 running back this year. Yeah, but you got guys like Todd Gurley, Miles Gaskin, James Conner, Kenyon Drake, uh, David Johnson going around the same spot as Melvin Gordon. Gross. And Melvin Gordon, yeah, Melvin Gordon to me is just a guy that I am more confident in that is going to get the bulk of the work, is going to plunge in for touchdowns, and is going to get you the points you need out of an RB2. And he's at the RB3 fair fringe as well uh, in ADP. So for me, I think he's a huge value here. And I think uh, maybe not so much a sleeper, but definitely a huge value. I want to keep it with the running back position, Johnny. I want to talk about Damian Harris, who's currently coming off the board in the seventh round, uh, 7.01 ADP, RB32. So a little bit further down than your boy, Melvin Gordon. And just a little bit of backstory here. Uh, Damian Harris finished as a top 45 RB in standard, only playing in 10 games. So I understand RB 45, that's not very great. That's an RB4, Travis. But just bear with me. 137 carries, 691 yards, only two touchdowns. He did average five yards per carry, though. We take a look at the games that he played. Uh, where he really came on week seven through 14. He got double digit carries in eight consecutive games. He was the RB 17 in that span. So all the way up to a borderline RB one, uh, a firm RB two there. So yeah, he was the RB 45 in standard and the RB 54 in PPR, but it's 8.6 fantasy points per game in standard, Johnny. That was good enough for RB 33. And it was better than Gus Edwards in points per game, Cam Akers, Adrian Peterson, and your boy, 
Chase Edmonds. So he got more points per game than all of those guys uh, in that span when he was giving um, getting the volume. So then the question is, okay, what do we think about the Patriots? Well, they bought, they've brought in chain movers in wide receiver Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne. They also beefed up run blocking and safety valve tight ends, Hunter Henry, Jonu Smith. You look at what they've done as a running team. Only Tennessee and Baltimore ran more plays, uh, ran more running plays than the Patriots last year. I see them continuing to be run heavy. We see Bel- Belichick probably trying to go and zig while the rest of the league's, league's, uh, league zags in order to you know run while other teams are passing because, frankly, that's the talent they have on the squad. They have to, but I think for fantasy purposes, we can take advantage of Damian Harris and his, and his late ADP and, and be sitting with a guy that could easily finish top 15, top 20, at the RB position. Listen, you had me all the way up until you brought AP into this conversation. And then <laughs> I was like, all right, no, like, I don't know. Uh, in all seriousness, I, I think that he is a tremendous value. Uh, it will be interesting to see once again, do they try to go out in the draft and, and draft a running back? And if so, what's the draft capital look like? That's my only concern. But on tape, and what you just stated, absolutely, I think he is a, a screaming deal. And I, I think that you will probably see Damien kind of start to creep up a little bit uh, if he does kind of clear I that, don't, that. I don't know if he will only because all the other running backs that are always involved in New England scares That's people true. off. That's but people true. need to remember that we were buying that kind of strategy anyways in breakouts. You want to yeah. – kind of buy ambiguous backfields, but then how about an ambiguous backfield that's top three in rushes right. per game? You know, yeah. that's a big piece of the pie you want to have. So uh, for me, I really am excited about Damian Harris. I think he could be an easy guy to break out this year and leave people very excited about taking him in the seventh and eighth round. Ambiguous backfields, right, that was, that's the, sorry to interrupt, but ambiguous backfields, that's what you want to target with high upside. All right, Johnny, your second uh, sleeper is actually at the tight end position. Yeah, if you thought I was fired up about Chase Edmonds, let me tell you what. It's about to get wild, and it's about to go down right now because I am telling you right now that I'm about to give you this year's Darren Waller, this year's big breakout tight end, and if you don't hear it from me, you'll hear it in a couple weeks from Big Travi because he'll be on board and he'll start saying it's his sleeper now. No, and I'll all joking aside, uh, Big Travi does have uh, Tyler Higby is my sleeper here. Tyler Higby is on Big Travi's uh, dynasty team. I tried to get him from before, but uh, he won't do it. He won't budge on it. But I'm going to tell you why Tyler Higby is going to be a monster breakout in 2021 he's going to be a guy that you're going to want to target in every single draft at the tight end position wait on it unless you want to get darren waller or um you know i uh, tj hawkinson I'm a big fan of those uh tight ends but if you want to wait and grab your late round tight end i'm telling you tyler higby is your guy he's coming off the board as the tight end 18 right now and he finished last year as the tight end 16 in standard and the tight end 17 in ppr so why would you be so excited in something like that well i'll tell you why because gerald everett is now gone he's now with seattle goodbye see you later it's just the tyler higby show now and why is that so entertaining well i'm gonna just tell you the dead honest truth this is what happened when Ty, uh, when Gerald Everett was not in the lineup and it was just Tyler Higby as the main tight end, right? In 2020, Gerald Everett missed two games. That was week two 
against Philadelphia and week 15 against the New York Jets. In those two games, Tyler Higby went five for five for 54 yards and three touchdowns. And in the Jets game, he went four for five for 67 yards and a touchdown. So he scored 14.9 and 14 or 24.9 and 14.7 fantasy points respectively. All right, so I get it. Some people might say, "Oh, that's just two two games, Johnny. Like you, you can't take a big sample size from two games." All right, let's go back to 2019 because, you know, Gerald Everett missed some games in that season too, and that's when Tyler Higby really broke out and broke on the scene from weeks 13 to 16. Tyler Higby, as the only tight end for the L.A. Rams, uh, he had 44 targets uh, and uh, 438 receiving yards and one touchdown. Now, that was with Jared Goff as the quarterback. Now, guess what? He gets Matthew slinging Stafford in town. And guess what? Matthew Stafford loves to use the tight end because, look, we know what TJ Hawkinson did last year. Tight end five on the year. So congratulations, Whisper Nation. You just nailed this year's tight end breakout, and you're going to get him on your team. I know you are because I I don't know how you can't be convinced of those numbers. I mean, yeah, look, Higby is probably going to have his best year, I I would imagine, uh, with Matt Stafford at the helm. The thing is, is we don't really know any of these guys' ceiling because Matt Stafford's probably never been with a play caller as strong as Sean McVay. And I'm really excited to see what he can do for this offense, and that includes Tyler Higby. All right, so I'm going to go next here with my second – Sleeper for this early 2021 offseason. First, I want to say what's up to my man, Killjoy, who's in here. Says, Ayo, my dudes, welcome in. Thanks for joining us here in this live stream talking 2021 sleeper. So let us know if you've got a couple you're eyeing for this offseason. But my second one here is Devontae Parker. Uh, ADP of the board on the board right now is eighth round, 804. He came uh, he's coming off the board as wide receiver 37. So if we look at Devontae Parker, it doesn't look great. Uh, after his fifth year breakout in 2019, Parker had another meh season in 2020, was the wide receiver 46 in standard and the wide receiver 40 in PPR, playing in 14 games. 63 catches on 103 targets, only 793 yards, and just a measly four touchdowns. The problem was not targets, though. Uh, 103 targets, that was 33rd among wide receivers, but his catch rate was so bad, 61%. That was 44th among wide receivers. I'm buying the dip, though, because you look at all of the things that make Devontae Parker, the speed, the athleticism, the talent, uh, Miami's improvement um, just as a, as a team. They're, they've got all these draft picks. They're building the offense up. You look at the addition of Will Fuller could actually be really good for Devontae Parker, taking over the top help away. He won't be double teamed as much. And then we've just got to buy the uh, assumed progression of Tua Tagovailoa because – why didn't they go out and, and get any of these quarterbacks? Why are they not in the game for quarterbacks in the draft? Um, because they like Tua. They like what they see. And Tua's calling card in college, Johnny, was always accuracy. So I have to think that that 61% catch rate for Devontae Parker is going to get better. And um, I think he's he's a shot. He's a lock probably for me to get into the top 25, top 30 at wide receiver. And you're getting him off the board at wide receiver 37. I think the the targets alone will be there. It's not like Fuller's going to come in and demand number one targets. Fuller's going to come in and be the over-to-the-top threat. You know, mm-hmm. Parker's still going to be the motor, the possession-wide receiver that gives this passing game the juice. And I think I, I'm buying the dip on Devontae Parker. Yeah, I would I would definitely agree with those sentiments. Like, I, I think Devontae Parker, because of 
people are so reluctant reluctant to get back on his bandwagon right because he did kind of burn people last year but we got to remember that they were transitioning that offense and the other fact is that he was dealing with a hamstring injury like the whole time he didn't sit because he wanted to be out there and play and and play through it i think that uh parker could definitely have a a very nice bounce back uh season i think you can get him at a, a great value Killjoy says, I love uh, Will Fuller. He's such a beach. Not so big on Parker. Don't sleep on Parker. We love Will Fuller. Yeah. We think it's a good addition for Will Fuller uh, and for the Dolphins, but do not sleep on Devontae Parker. Johnny, bring us home. Your final uh, sleeper here is uh, your boy, Brian Edwards, the Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah, so uh, I'm a big fan of Brian Edwards, and I and I totally understand this is going to be much more of a uh, it's, it's a much more of a dart throw, right? Uh, the other two, I'm pretty uh, guaranteeing you that uh, you definitely want to get those guys on your team. Um, but as far as Brian Edwards goes. Brian Edwards is a guy that's it's all on speculation, really. Right. Like I can't give you uh, the stats like I could with, you know, what he has done to prove that his upside is truly there. All I can go off of is what the uh, Las Vegas Raiders have done this offseason. They've added John Brown. Uh, They've gotten rid of Nelson Aguilar. uh, If you look at those two moves coinciding together, Nelson Aguilar ran the same route tree as Brian Edwards, and Brian Edwards was injured in his rookie year. And so um, when you look at John Brown and what he kind of does, he kind of does a similar route tree as rugs. And so that's why it tends to shy me away from rugs and then lean me a little bit more towards Brian Edwards. I, you have to look at what he did in college and, and trust in the scouting and that, you know, department. Uh, he was amongst the highest breakout percentages uh, amongst uh, across the board. Uh when he was coming out of college, he broke uh, his – he had a, a ankle injury, I believe, or he had a, a an injury that caused him not to be able to go to the combine, which is why he, his draft capital slipped. But uh, everything is showing that he should be an you – know, he's an elite athlete, and I like to kind of gamble on those guys. And we know that the 82 vacant targets of Nelson Aguilar – are now up for grabs, and I think that those could go and fall in the lap of Brian Edwards. He's a, a big-bodied wide receiver. All right, let's talk a little bit here uh, about Darius Rice coming in. Whisper Nation strong, hashtag Whisper Nation strong, but he also says, Johnny, I'm high on Edwards too. Um, he also wanted to let you know Van Jefferson is a sleeper. Not sure if you all talk about oh, him. Yeah. We have it on today's show. We talked last week. Van Jefferson is somebody that we're really excited about, his prospects in the second year. Killjoy wanted to come in and say thanks for again for all the advice through Instagram and the YouTube channel, boys. I'm not going to choke in the championship for the fourth straight year this time. Well, we'll get you that championship, Killjoy. Yeah. Don't worry about that. All right, I want to bring us home with the cover boy. On the thumbnail, you saw him if you clicked on the Rick video. Flair? Chase Claypool. <laughs> yeah. Not the nature boy, the cover boy. Chase Claypool in, and his ADP currently at the 6.04. Johnny, coming off as the 27th wide receiver off the board in most fantasy leagues. That's in a half-point PPR format. Scored 11 touchdowns last year, nine receiving, two rushing, 15.3% touchdown rate. That was fifth in the league. So we understand that that will come down. There will be regression there. But he saw 109 targets in 2020, Johnny. That was 25.2% target rate. He was third in deep ball targets with 31. Ben Roethlisberger was third in deep ball attempts in 2020 with 78. The problem was is the accuracy. The deep ball completion for Ben Roethlisberger ranked him 31st with 27.8%. 
But I think that if we can see Ben, look, Ben didn't have a problem getting the ball down the field. He had a problem completing it down the field. But we have to remember, he was working with new blood. Deontay Johnson, relatively new to Ben's, uh, you know, playing with Ben. Chase Claypool, brand new uh, to playing with Ben Roethlisberger. And who benefited the most last year while Ben was trying to get his arm back? Juju Smith-Schuster, who scored the most touchdowns, who was the more, more consistently targeted uh, weapon. Chase Claypool. Based on playerprofiler.com, Johnny, compares to Brandon Marshall. Chase Claypool is a beast. He ran a 4-4-240. He had a sp- speed score of 129.8. This guy is everything you want in a prototypical alpha dog wide receiver. Now, if Ben can get him the ball more consistently down the field, I think the sky is the limit. And I am actually thinking that Deontay Johnson is yesterday's Kool-Aid. He's yesterday's flavor. And really, Chase Claypool is the guy that can be the guy to usurp him and be the true number one in this offense. And I know that's not Johnny's, you know, because oh, no. he's a big Deontay uh, No, unbelievable. But Chase Claypool, Chase Claypool is, I think, the biggest upside wide receiver of the three. And, I, and I'm just more comfortable investing in Claypool, taking the dart in him to usurp than I am Deontay or even paying the premium on Juju Smith-Schuster. I do. I do think that be, based on draft capital, uh, I do think that Chase is the is the one that you're going to want to go for um, because there is that highest upside. Right. Because no one's really thinking everyone's thinking all right ben's got ben's toast right and he could be maybe but here's what i want to also say he did all of that last year with no running game now let's say and as many have speculated let's say the pittsburgh Steelers go out and draft a running back now they can start to run the ball a little bit more guess what opens up when you run the ball more Oh, the play action. And what do you do when you give the play action? You go deep with it. Well, guess who's going to be that deep ball guy? Chase. So if you give him a little bit more time, as we could see, the problem wasn't Ben getting the ball down the field. It was just it was a little inaccurate. If he wasn't so rushed, and I think that that was part of the reason, um, I think if he gets a little bit more time, he could be a little bit more accurate. And also, if he doesn't have to necessarily, you know, be as accurate, if it's 1v1 Chase or Chase is wide open because of play action, it could be a lot more easier to complete those throws. So who's going to probably benefit the most? Chase Claypool probably as far as draft capital goes. I think Deontay will get his. I think he's a solid wide receiver. I'm worried personally about Juju. Uh, I don't think uh, he's a guy that I'll have very many shares of at all, to be honest with you. But the two guys I will have uh, are Deontay and Clay, and probably more so Clay because of the draft capital-wise. And a lot of people are still high on Deontay, as you like to say, uh, your saying is that <laughs> that Deontay's yesterday. Yeah, Kool-Aid. listen, I think, oh, I think okay. he is. I, th- yeah. I think he is, and uh, I, I'm just proud to say it here on the show and share that was with Whisper Nation. Uh, speaking of Whisper it's a Nation, PPR league. Yeah, Darius Wright says Deontay over Chase, and I'm a Steelers fan. DJ gets uh, ten targets a game, whereas Chase gets about six to seven. Yeah, he, if that, it's a PPR, I'm well, that was last year, and we saw Chase kind of flash greatness, and I'm just excited to see to invest in what I saw out of Deontay was nothing. Wow. Out of those 10 targets ever, there was nothing ever really, you know, flashing off the screen. Go watch that Cincinnati game. He had a lot of games where he tried to come 
Okay. Well, yeah, he had one game, whereas Claypool was getting it done almost every time that he got the ball. You know, unrealized air yards, 951, 921 unrealized air yards for Chase Claypool. That was fourth most in the NFL. All we need is Ben to get on the same page as Claypool, which I think can happen uh, after a year removed from that surgery. And I think that's going to mean scary things for people trying to line up against Chase Claypool and scary things for your fantasy mates that you uh, you drafted Claypool against. So we want to know what you think, Whisper Nation. Let us know who your biggest sleepers are heading into this 2021 offseason. We gave you a few of ours today. And we just just want to remind you that we are going live for the first round of the NFL draft. So make sure you're tuning in right here on the Fancy Whispers YouTube channel, right here on the Fancy Whispers Facebook page, Periscope, wherever you're watching us right now. Make sure you're following us on all the platforms as we go live through the first round of the NFL draft, April 29th. Uh, that will be 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Johnny, any final thoughts for everyone today? <laughs> no, I, I got nothing. I. Do you have anything? Buy no, chase, chase on the dip. I'm just telling you that. Buy Chase <laughs> on the dip. Chase Edmonds. Buy Chase Edmonds on the dip. Buy yeah. Chase Claypool, dude, on the dip, too. Yeah. Johnny doesn't want to believe it, but that's that's my guy, dude. That's that's <laughs> <laughs> for Johnny Game Time Hicks. I'm Big Travi. We're the fantasy whispers. We're out. Thanks for joining us. Peace. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Whisperers podcast. You can hear more from John and Travis on Google Play, SoundCloud, and iTunes. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at TF Whisperers.